We don't have to sing. Let's not. Oh, hello, gentle listener. Welcome to Hot Drinks. Before... I'm fucking drunk. God damn it. Like and subscribe. We've never done that. Hello. Oh, hey, hey. Shit. We're like in the in mid conversation that I just hit record. <laughs> Welcome to Hot Drinks. Welcome. This is Sister Latter Day Twaint. Who uh, are you? My name who is the Brother. Fuck are you? <laughs> how, the... <laughs> who, how the fuck did you get in here? My name is Brother Jack Coffee. We're both wearing shorts tonight. We are, and Sister Twaint does not usually wear shorts, even though you have very lovely legs. Thanks. I don't know why I don't. They're pale. That's in why. a good, but in a good way. Is it okay? Well, I mean, you're a redhead. Yeah. If you had tan legs, that would look gross and weird. It would. Thank you. It would. Like you can't be a redhead and then have big old tan legs, like all dark and tanny tan. That's not good. That sounds. Um, so you have lovely long. Like a white supremacist thing. It does. You have <laughs> lovely long t- pale legs, and they look great in shorts. Okay, thank you. Even though several times tonight. You've stood up and had to like adjust the crotch of the yeah, shorts. Yeah, yeah. So just I can not tell you're not a it. short person. Yeah, but I I needed to tonight because it's it's dark and stormy. It's so dark and stormy, and we're loving it. And, and we're I just drinking feel dark it. and stormies. We're not. We're, we're not. We we're, we're drinking Chardonnay. <laughs> we're drinking Chardonnay like bitches. But um, but I love a dark and stormy. And then we're also enjoying a salted, sea salted, yes. yes, caramel French silk pie. Which is really good. I got it from the Harmons, okay? The Harmons, it's always good. It was so, I've, good. so if you if y'all don't know, by the way, this is Hot Drinks. It's a podcast. It, we, Welcome. It's not a video. It's not a video. <laughs> if you're trying to get the audio to play, there is none. Wait, you mean the audio? The video. You mean the, yeah, <laughs> Fuck. There is audio. If you're trying to get the video to play, there is none. God damn it. If you guys uh, don't know, if you're not from the Utah or thereabouts, mm-hmm. there's a grocery store here called Harmons. Mm-hmm. And I would say probably... 10 years ago, Harmon's kind of rebranded themselves as like the bougie grocery store. The like kind of upscale. Yeah. Everything costs 30% more, Uh you know? Yeah. Like, but it's like they have a great selection. They have a beautiful cheese counter. You can find lovely jams and preserves there. Mm -hmm. They sell the brand of kimchi that I love. I mean, so (laughs) many things. Today I found Kewpie Mayo there. Not the American Kewpie Mayo made in California, the Japanese Kewpie Mayo. That comes in in like a bag. Yes. Yeah. And I fucking love Kewpie Mayo more. Like, like if you ask me to list the things that I love, it's my children and then Kewpie Mayo. (laughs) Is it? I mean, no, it's my children, then my cats, then Kewpie Mayo. So is it like, is it better than. Like best foods? Oh, yeah. Because it's that's, so fucking that's delicious. That's like a thing that's weird to me to it's hear. It's so delicious. Okay. It's like, it's like the eggs are richer. It's it's like a little bit sweeter, but not in a weird like Miracle Whip way. Uh, uh, uh. It's in, it's it's so good. Okay, okay, okay. It's all we eat. Fine, anyway, fine, 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 but they fine. sell it at Harmon's. Anyway. Um, but in so, the late 90s, I think, I remember there was a jingle on the radio for Harmon's. This was before they rebranded. Uh-huh. And I think it went like... It's it's your store. Oh no, that was Albertsons. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Um, what I love about Harmons is they. What do you love about Harmons? Well, what I one thing I love about Harmons is that they are currently requiring masks in all locations, not just their Salt Lake locations, because currently Salt Lake County allegedly has a mask rule, even though no one wears masks and whatever, and no right. one's enforcing it. And what I'm going to do? Call the cops? No, they'll come and kill someone. So I, we don't call them. Ah! But. Harmon's has it required in okay. all their locations, even if it's, it's not in Salt Lake County. Yeah. And then there was a thing, and I probably should have done my research, but I didn't know we were going to talk about Harmon's. There was a thing, <laughs> like, last year where Harmon's was having, was, like, 
was like opposing a political something and there and you could like sign the petition in Harmon's stores. Anyway, I don't know. But all I'm saying is Harmon's is the woke grocery store. Yeah. And and I you guess. pay 30% more to shop there. You do. But you don't but people wear masks. People and are what, wearing masks. And I was there today too before you. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And we've run into each other there before, but I was there today too. And what I noticed is people there are hotter. There's a there were a lot of hot guys shopping at Harmon's. What do you attribute that to? It's just more the place to be. I mean, A, I attribute to me being lonely and horny. <laughs> B, maybe because it's a Sunday, there were a lot of sweatpants, a lot of gray sweatpants. Uh, it just makes me think of Justin Theroux and the leftovers. Oh, okay. So let's, let's, let's go there. Let's just go right into let's it. Let's go there. Okay. Th- we, we, we're obviously into women's work, our women's yes, work. Yes, this which is our is women's the, work. The business of the podcast, the, <laughs> yeah, housekeeping, the housekeeping, which is a women's job. If you will. So we both, not together. No. No, though but, we could have. Yeah, within a couple days of each other, uh-huh. finished the entire series of The Leftovers. And you were really burning through at a good clip, at, which you. made me think like, shit, I got to catch up. I don't want her to finish before <laughs> me. Because I started quite a while ago and just had kind of been slowly making my way through. And then you would be posting on Twitter. You'd be like, I just watched episode one. I just watched episode nine. <laughs> and I was like, wait, it's been one day. Yeah, so. right. Yeah. So what did so you think? Many. I mean, without any big spoilers, how okay. did you feel about the ending of The Leftovers? I thought it was absolutely beautiful. Yeah. I thought it brought it back to what what really is this thing that we all want as human beings. Which is? Love and connection. Yeah. yeah. I hate that that's the theme, but it is. <laughs> Your face. I mean, I hate that that's the theme, but it is. It is. And it's about... And it's about choosing the love that we want. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because like at the end, they there's some choices, mm-hmm. you know, with the things and I don't want to give anything away. Anyway. Yeah. But there was also a choice made when they were filming episode one of The Leftovers where they were the like- The pilot? The pilot. There was a choice made where they said, Justin Throw, let's have you go jogging and don't wear underwear. <laughs> don't wear it at all. Just wear sweatpants and have that big old hog just just slap back and forth while you run. Just the, just a thick, meaty hog just bouncing around inside those gray sweats. And ladies and gentlemen, that choices were made. That motherfucker. I mean, Jesus he, Lord. And then let's not forget that he comes home to get in the shower and takes off his shirt and yeah. he's got that back tattoo I know that covers I know. his whole fucking back is that that's in his real life right like that know. wasn't painted on for the show because it doesn't know. anyway I don't know I bet we have some a friend or two who would know he could spit in my <laughs> mouth deep into my throat even if that spit was full of droplets of coronavirus <laughs> anyway um so so watch the leftovers come for the big flapping hog yeah. <laughs> and stay for the lesson about love and, and community and yeah. community uh yeah no i thought that was really beautiful i thought that the the final episode was full of really rich metaphor yeah. um i think i can say this without giving away a spoiler but she takes off a bunch of beads they look like mardi gras beads but they're not mardi gras beads but they are the same type of beads uh-huh. off of a goat and puts them on herself yeah. which was a really a beautiful metaphor yeah. for me i think what i loved about that show and it was made by damon lindelof who also made lost which is another show that i loved but i think what i did you just make a weird face like is rachel going to send a voicemail and say that they were not made by the same no, person no i just didn't know oh yeah he made it yeah oh. yeah with tom parada who's the author but what I love, I love a show 
that is about spirituality, but not about religion. Uh-huh. And this show is so deeply about spirituality and sin and what happens when we die and the choices we make and all of these things uh-huh. and about and about the ramifications of spirituality and the ramifications of sin and whatever, mm-hmm. quote unquote sin. Anyway, but um, but not at all about an organized religion. Not at all. And it's also about the myriad of ways we lose people in our lives that we love. Yes. And try to get them back. Yes. And sometimes we find out that it's okay to go without them. Yeah. And then sometimes our paths cross again and it's wonderful. It's 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 really wonderful. And then and then but the whole dealing with the people that we love is how the spirituality comes into play and yeah. everyone's got a little bit different kind of a version of like yeah. the spiritual meaning of the, the, the losing of people because the premise of the show is 2% of the world's population one day just disappears. Yeah. The premise of the show is like the rapture happened. Like one literally day, like just... a mom is standing in the kitchen and turns around and her husband and two children are just gone. Yeah. They're just gone. Or a mom is puts her baby in the car seat. The baby's crying. Then suddenly the baby stops crying. She looks, the baby's gone. Right. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. anyway, um, it's a really great show, and I would highly recommend. Highly, people watch Scott it. Scott Glenn is in it. He's just like a, a veteran actor who. Who's I, Scott Glenn? He plays Justin Throw's dad. Oh, he's great! Fucking amazing he's actor. So good. He, I've been loving everything that I've seen him in since the eighties. And one thing that I love about the show is its use of music is unparalleled. Oh! And there was an episode where I messaged Sister Twain because I was watching it, and. In the last season, they do this interesting thing where each episode has a different theme song. Like, they're not... There's yeah. a there's kind of a regular theme song that you hear all of season two. But then in season three, which is the last season, you only hear that theme song for the final episode. And all of the other episodes have a different theme song. Uh-huh. And one of those theme songs was the theme song to Perfect Strangers. Standing tall which on the wings you know we of love. You know we love per- and I was and I just started to watch it and then almost died laughing and I was like, what is happening? What is happening? What is happening? And it's then my anyway. life is my dream. And then Perfect Heaven's Stranger plays into the episode. Me. It really fucking does. So anyway, and it's here's brilliant. A, here's another episode. Here's another episode. Here's another comment on how strange it is, like like all of a sudden hearing the Perfect Strangers theme song. Yeah. Um I opened my Xfinity app to resume and some the fuck how accidentally opened up an episode of The Price is Right. And I just went with it. I just thought I was watching The Leftovers. You just thought that Until like, I realized, no, this is minutes, The Price is Right. 20 minutes into that episode of The Price is Right. Justin Thoreau's like not Justin Thoreau's gonna on appear. The Price is yeah, Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But, but that would not have surprised me if there was no. an episode that started with The Price is Right. Anyway, I, it's great. I really highly fucking recommend it. Highly, 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 highly. Yeah. Uh, surprise, uh, didn't know anything about this actress. Her name's Carrie Coon. I guess she was also in the Fargo TV show. Oh, yeah. She plays Nora, right? Yeah. She's so good. She's great. She's so married to the good. playwright who wrote August Osage County. Oh, Tracy Letts. Oh, I didn't And they know have that. kids together. Anyway, she's great. Yeah, and she's it also great. has um, Regina King, who's Regina amazing King. in it. So good. Anyway. Um, Amy Brenneman, who is yeah. the judging oh, Amy. I love Amy Brenneman so yeah. much. She's anyway. gay rights. Amy Brenneman she is gay is rights. She's gay rights. <laughs> anyway, I don't know when this became a review of The Leftovers, but that's um, a great show. Other, other women's work. Um, 
today I've been struggling with some rough energy and I realized that it was some rough energy I'd been struggling with because I'm, I'm on dips. I'm on highs and lows. Right. I'm like right. doing dips and then coming back up right. and, you know, right. the whole dad stuff Standing and then our fronting talk. Uh, I'm going to re- learn that whole song. Um, and, and then sing it at karaoke. And then you can do that. When we when karaoke resumes. When that is happening. In 2022. Yeah. But uh, anyway, I had been experiencing kind of a couple of rough days. And then my ex-husband, Gary, um, and his fiance came into town. And that has been really lovely. And for about three days, it has made me forget. That I was in a rough space. Oh, good. Which is great. Yeah. But then today I kind of dipped back down. I was like, right. oh, yeah, this is where I was oh, at. Right, right, it's right. It's still yeah. there. Yeah. And so I made um, some bacon. I ate nine slices of bacon today. That's great. I feel like shit. <laughs> you know what? But, Bacon's not that bad for but you. But you know what? It was so good in my it's mouth. So good. And that's why I like dicks because they're so good in my mouth right. and I don't feel like shit after. Yeah, exactly. Good in your mouth. Yeah. And then you just go about your day. Yeah. Feel <sighs> healthy. Remember dicks? So awesome. I uh, I have a dick story, but I don't know if I should share it. Okay, well, you know the story. Do I? Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know if you should share it because I can't think of what story you're telling about. Oh well, it was anyway. just a big one. Okay. Well, we'll talk offline about it. You'll have to remind me. You already know about the big one. Oh, I do. You're <laughs> right. I do. Oh, I do. You know about the big one. Anyway, anyway so today <laughs> we are continuing part three. Of our um, non-monogamy series, and we are interviewing Peter Priestcraft, who mm-hmm. is the spouse mm-hmm. of Sasha Fierce, who you heard t- two weeks, whatever our last show, yeah, whatever yeah. that was. I don't know. Ex-Mormon I don't know. Mormon couple. They found their way out of the church and into exploring non-monogamy. Right. Um, One might say they're standing tall. On the wings of their dreams. Such a good song. Rise and... Anyway. Ah. Um, so we're going to interview Peter. Yeah. And he's going to tell his story about about his Peter. Hopefully. We want to... <laughs> we hope that we're going to get into some specifics about his Peter. Like whether or not it's cut. I mean, I, I mean whatever. Whatever he wants to share. But okay. remember dicks. <laughs> They're healthy. Standing <laughs> tall. Hello. Hello, welcome. Hi there. Hi. Hello. Oh, it works. Yay. <laughs> it's it's Twain, coffee, and Peter. That is my favorite cocktail. We've had some technical <laughs> we've had some technical difficulties getting connected. So we're very happy that this time it worked. Originally you were all gonna get an episode where it just sounded like someone was typing in the background, a like writing a novel. Yeah. <laughs> writing the great American novel on an old typewriter. Old it one. Was, it was your assistant, remember? Yes, it was. We're like, Cindy, stop writing that novel. We sent her into the bathroom to scrub the toilet. She, so she'll be in there for a while because that <laughs> yeah. toilet is gross. Um, but welcome. So you, you. We, ha- we, are, we are with our special guest. Yes. Peter Priestcraft. You are the husband of Sasha Fierce, who we interviewed last episode. Right. Yes. And this is officially part three in our series on non-monogamy and non-monogamy could mean a vast array of things but you know what peanut gallery here i don't put cheating under the non-monogamy umbrella 
What you think cheating is its own thing? <laughs> I think cheating is its own thing. Cheating, okay. cheating yeah. is under the monogamy umbrella. Okay, yeah. because yeah. it's a secret and right. we're not, not consensual. To... Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I just want to say really quick. I feel like we did ourselves a disservice by not coming up with a cute and clever name for this series about non-monogamy. A series on non-monogamy. <laughs> like can... it should have. It should have been like we're coming at you with part three of. Lennon bugs up the keister or something. I don't know, like some (laughs) clever name instead of of our series on non-monogamy. Sounds like we're fucking Terry Gross on fucking Fresh Air. Maybe like non- Welcome to Fresh Air. (laughs) Maybe maybe like non-monogamy prep class. Yes. Like temple prep? Uh, You don't like it? Let's workshop it. it. Well, okay, fine. I feel like we're onto something, but let's workshop it. So Peter, um, just go ahead and introduce yourself. Let us know a little bit about you. Specifically, and obviously we'll get into the whole story, but why why did you want to tell a separate story? Why did you want to appear separately than Sasha rather than kind of appearing together? But just, well, yeah, give us yeah. a little bit of you and your history and, and why okay. this story, you know, is on its own platform. Sure. So, um, well, let's see. I, I guess, and, and Sasha's kind of explained a little bit of this uh, already, so I won't go into too much detail, but, um, you know, I, I, I grew up, quite uh quite mormon um i uh, uh rm um i was even before my mission i was a full-time institute student i mean <laughs> institute. <laughs> yeah. i i love learning and so i was like all about it. i'm like i'm not gonna go to college the first year it's a waste of time i'm just going to my mission so i'm gonna be a full-time institute student so wow that's I was like yeah yeah, so um, that's what we should call the series just institute, institute. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> yes I love it. <laughs> keep going, keep going. Um, let's see. So, remind us how long you and Sasha have been married. Uh, it's been 15 years. Sounds like a nightmare. Oh, just, no. I mean, just no. in general. <laughs> Go ahead. Not you specifically. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so you were a nerd in Institute. Yes. Um, I had a, uh, but having all that aside, I, 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 my family is a little bit, I wouldn't say fringe, but we were eclectic, if you will, as far as the Mormon standard goes. Uh, my wow. mom was was no um, Mrs. Cleaver by any means, um, mm. and uh, and and so we were. I was used to growing up with, you know, different ideas and things like that, and we didn't fit the mold, um, which I think has helped a lot in our journey as adults. <clears throat> um, it came with a lot of trauma too, but <laughs> you know, who doesn't? <laughs> right. But. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know. Such a broad, broad question. <laughs> can I can I yeah. ask this? Yes. So, prior to your mission, you were a full institute, institute full time institute student, mm-hmm. meaning like you had classes all day every day. Yeah, I treated it like college. Like no joke, for a year I was like taking like four, four or five <laughs> classes a, a semester, if you will. And yeah. what was your purpose in that? So. It really, it came down to, I was, you know, in this mindset of, oh, I'm going out in the field is white, all ready to harvest, you know, and, oh, and I, I <laughs> like, it's so painful to hear that uh, phrase. Cause I, right. Yep. I remember. I just so want to well. like hold you and rock you back and forth. Right. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Later. Um, no, but so I've always loved learning about uh, culture and about, you know, different groups of people and things like that. And I thought, you know what, if I'm going to really go out there, I need to know better about both what I'm doing, where as a church we come from, and also uh, I took some 
classes about other religions as well, which is really interesting coming from Institute. But um, I just I just wanted to be really informed. Um, so did you in doing that big like year long study? Mm-hmm. Is that when the cracks started to appear because you started to see kind of holes in the stories? Or was that like you were just swallowing it hook, line and sinker and you were like, I am so ready to go out and like find <laughs> these souls that are ready to be harvested? You know, that's that's a, a good part of my story. I, I um, okay. I took uh, two different uh, church history classes in Institute and they covered like all the stuff. I swear it was like almost everything you'd find in uh, the CES letter or letter from my wife. But they they taught it in such a way that made it seem totally justifiable. I have no idea how they did that. Um, uh-huh. but I, so they I were really honest about, about kind of some of the dark and twisty stuff in the history. Yeah, which kind of like solidified it more for me as such a young person. I was like, oh, they're being so authentic. This must be true because they're just right. so, you know, open. And um, but it was because of that love of learning that it, it really was a catalyst for me for that crack starting because talking about those sort of things that I learned in Institute with just everyday church members or on my mission was not looked upon very highly. And it, it got me in, in hot water from time to time, even on my mission with callings that I had as a, um, as a teacher in the, in, in the church. Um, I was often called to be like a, um, uh, what are they called? Uh, gospel doctrine teachers. And within a few months they would call me to, something real menial like primary musician or something they didn't want you to mess up the adults yeah. they just wanted you to mess up so, the kids so what do you to, say yeah. so, so it's you... like you knew too much about the history so you were more yeah. meat and less milk yeah well i mean it wasn't i wasn't yeah but I, I wasn't trying to like push any envelope i just i just got so sick of the the glib you know pithy platitudes that everyone would yeah. be saying in class all the time or just not saying anything i felt like i was the only one that would ever raise my hand and you know answer a question or or even follow up a question with the word with the question of why yeah <laughs> and sure. it was so it bothered me so much that it uh, it really caused me to continue to to grow in that in that fashion uh even you know i have to this day, i have so. other friends who are still who are still members and are quote unquote, un- in, or who are quote unquote active in the church right now, yeah. but have that same kind of experience. Like these are friends of mine who are very intelligent and real, like people who really study and really understand things deeply. And a, and a big part of what is separating them from the church is they feel like the church is so like, these are people that really, really want to study God and really are, yeah. you know, are theologians and really want to get into what the Bible yeah. said, get into what the Book of Mormon said. Get and in the, there. Thing that's, yeah. the thing that's driving them away from church is just that the church's sort of approach to all these things and the church's answers are often just so basic and general and have yes. no substance behind them at all. And they're, exactly. and, you know, these friends of mine that are, are just like, yeah, but what does that mean? Like, why are we saying that? And like, why do we just give these answers? And, you know, what am I supposed to do if I don't want to pray? Because I yeah. hate God or, you know, whatever. Like, so I think I <laughs> yes. think it's interesting that some people like that people have a different reaction to that. Some people learn a lot about the history of the church and sort of that is the thing that makes them go like, OK, I'm out of here. Like, I can't abide by this. And other people learn a lot and go, OK, well, now let's talk about it. Let's have a dialogue about it. And it's that sort of inattention from other members that are just that are just sort of like what no what no we just we read our scriptures and we pray and we serve one another and serve the lord like that's (laughs) the thing that turns people off and are like oh no like i i want to really talk about these things so yeah yeah oh absolutely interesting so 
remind us of uh, your so uh, Sasha Fierce. Yes. <laughs> told us um, from her perspective your journey away from the church together. So mm-hmm. between like mission and where you are today, give us your your um, what that journey looked like for yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, um, well, I would say what we just talked about with, with just the, the church being so glib um, uh-huh. was probably the, the, the biggest underlining problem up until about 2018. Um, and we just really started to wake up and notice uh, on, a, on a local level at first, just the, the sexism and the misogyny. It was just so awful. Um, and it just didn't sit right with us. Um, and it just kind of grew from there. I think 2019 in general for like things that the church has done that are real shady was a big year. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, yeah. and I would say as far as like me kind of coming out to my family, um, I had a real big problem with uh, the history of tithing and how it's kind of been warped uh, and when the $124 billion business came out, I, I, I was done. I, it was so infuriating to me to, cause uh, you know, I've, I've had struggles in my life as many have financially. And just to know that that pain wasn't really that necessary, um, to go through that and having to kind of rely on the church in some ways from time oh. to time, it, you know, it, it was, it was really upsetting. So that was, that was it. So, but I'd say a okay. yeah, letter for my wife is probably what the real accelerator program for me. Um, even though a lot of it I, I knew because uh-huh. I was, I'm in a different lens and a different place in my life. It, it, uh, yeah. So, so if people, so I want to ask, I want to say one follow up and then I want to ask a question, but if people mm-hmm. don't know letter for my wife, if people haven't heard of it, it's, it's similar to the CES letter where it's, yeah. it's and correct me if I'm wrong, cause I haven't read it for a while, but it's basically a man kind of outlining to his wife like why he's leaving the church leaving the church and outlining kind of all the inconsistencies he sees and the historical inaccuracies and whatever so yeah it's i don't know if it's a real letter that someone really wrote to their wife i think it sort of sells itself to be that but it's yeah. but it's similar to the ces letter in that it's someone but, spelling out the reasons why they don't believe in the church anymore so yeah. it's letter for my wife not uh, from my wife oh uh, or for. Is it yeah for. letter for oh, my okay. wife yeah okay yeah. yeah, and I believe it is a real letter to to her. Um, the reason I liked it so much more than the CS, CS letter is because he he uses almost exclusively the um, uh, the church library app as as his sources for <laughs> all his arguments. So so there's none of this like you know as they say like oh you're gonna be looking at anti Mormon literature. No, and it's all right there. <laughs> the I so when God I damn. I've probably told this story on this podcast before, but when I was having the conversation with my parents where I was telling them a, that I was gay and B that I was leaving the church. Like it was a whole thing. Um, they, they were just kind of, I don't remember exactly what they asked, but they said something to the effect of like, cause I had said something about historical inaccuracies or whatever. And my parents were like, well, what are you talking about? What do you mean by that? And the example that I brought up was, um, was the book of Abraham and the Pearl of Great Price that mm. we were always taught that that was this translation and that it was directly from these you know, Egyptian papyrus. But Mm -hmm. now that we are living in a world where there are actual like Egyptologists who can read that 
and yep. who can say this is has nothing to this the, this does not say at all what yeah you know, what the, what what this what Joseph Smith said it did <laughs> now the church has sort of changed it to say like oh we never said it was a translation we just said like his writing was inspired by seeing mm-hmm. those papyrus yeah. so I brought that example <laughs> to my parents. And they were like, well, where are you reading that? Where are you reading this anti-Mormon stuff? And I go, oh, that's actually in an essay published by the church on LDS.org about the papyrus. Like it's yes. not, you know, so it, it's so funny to me that there's this idea that there's like these men with twirly black mustaches sitting in back alleys <laughs> yes. writing on paper that has burned edges about like the story of Joseph Smith. And you're like, no, it's like what I'm objecting to comes from like, historical records and from yeah. like <laughs> other firsthand accounts of people who were there and from yeah. the journals of members of the church that you know that lived through these things like oh it's I just know. so insane to me that there's some anti-mormon cabal that's just sitting around producing pamphlets to hand out <laughs> in alleys or something yeah and oh, it's really I, like yeah. no we live in the future we can just get on the internet and we can read history and you know whatever so yeah anyway. yeah no, that's what I thought it was on my mission, too. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to read one of these. I'm going to talk about how, like, we have horns on our heads that we cut off and stuff. Right. Like, <laughs> like, no way. I yeah, know. It doesn't. Yeah, I know. It's none of that. So let's take a little break. Okay. okay. And then um, what the one the question I was going to ask you that I that I would love if you could touch on. I know it's not our topic at hand, okay. but you mentioned you had some sort of problems with, like, the history of tithing. And I would yeah. love to hear a little bit more about that, because I think a lot of people that might not be something people are very aware of yeah i'm not yeah Yeah. so let's take a little break and then let's talk about that and then let's jump into the dirty stuff okay Okay, Hi. Oh, I'm here. <laughs> Hello. What is that naughty little game? I know. I like the like that like deep chuckle when we came back. The little. <laughs> <laughs> Are you writing anti-Mormon literature? On a typewriter. Oh, I'm twisting my stash as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> These Mormons will never know what hit them. <laughs> All right. Talk That's to what about... I'm going to be for Halloween. The anti-Mormon literature I'm going to be guy. the guy that writes anti-Mormon literature. Well, You're going to look totally big, like Snidely yeah, Whiplash. I'm gonna, yes, I'm going to have a black robe, and I'll carry around a typewriter, and I'll just type, like, Joseph Smith was a pedophile, and I'll pull it out and hand it to people. <laughs> Will you have a Halloween party kids, this year so that I can wear that? And when the kids come to the door, you give you put that in Oh, their yes. So when they get home, their mom's like, okay, you got three Mars bars, you got an old piece of paper that's burned on the edges that says Joseph Smith was a pedophile, and four Oh, my gosh. Money. No, okay. we we get that type of stuff down here in Texas for Halloween, but it's like like uber Christian messages, and it's just oh, I like that. I like yeah. that. Yeah, that's good. Okay, so tell us about tithing. Okay, so and just to preface, uh, um, Sasha wanted me to make sure I touch on this because it. So we had been kind of on our way out on on the fringe for about six years prior to to now. So yeah, so this wasn't like all of a sudden and boom. Yes, so. yeah, and I yeah. remember that from her story that it was it was very much a journey and it was you know, you were living your family and then you weren't. And it was, you know, just a, a whole thing that it took some time, which is, yeah. I think, very normal for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so tithing. So there was this, uh, it was an article that was found on, uh, put on Reddit about um, kind of the history of tithing and its function and purpose when it was originally uh, created. Um, and at the time that it was given, 
the language around it was that you were to give 10% of, of your interest. Now, the word interest back then does not mean exactly the same thing as it does today. It would be more equated to the word surplus instead, mm-hmm. um, your, your excess. Um, and it's going to make more sense, too. So, you know how we all had the tithing settlement at the end of the year? Yeah. So that traditionally comes because back then people didn't have regular nine to five jobs. Right. They were they were farmers. They were, right. you know, they didn't things, have a paycheck coming every two weeks. Yeah. Their 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 income was seasonally based, you know, where they brought in the harvest in the fall. And at the end of the year, anything that was that they had in surplus um, after all their needs were already met, uh, they would were asked to give 10 percent of just that not wow. just the surplus so equating that today would be like saying all right whatever money that you have left after you've paid all your bills taking care of yourself whatnot what we would call discretionary income uh-huh. that they would ask for just 10 percent of whatever discretionary income there is so wow. essentially if, you, if you're poor or if you don't have any real income coming in or you're just barely meeting your needs then you're a full tithe payer without paying a dime so like I would, uh, that would be me. I would be, then I'm yeah, still I think most of us, right? Payer. I'm yeah. still a full tithe payer then because <laughs> I do not have any discretionary income or extra income. And that's how it was supposed to be designed. They didn't want to put ex- excess burden on anybody. Was this, was this Lorenzo snow time or was this pre Lorenzo snow? Cause I know he's the one that kind of made the big stink about everyone had to pay their tithing. Yes, it was pre and it okay. was, and it was Lorenzo snow and, and that era that kind of, because of the how the the church was in some financial hard times that they they kind of twisted that message and got people to start paying it this way uh-huh. um, but then once things got good and then the church was financially stable they never sought to correct back. that yeah, yeah they never corrected anybody and so and still to this day and that's why the 124 billion just just wrecked me um, and that was not my shelf breaker but it was yeah. the straw on the camel's back is that the right term yeah yeah <laughs> so oh. it's so interesting right now too well a i didn't know that actually I so either. i think that's super fascinating but it's so interesting to me that um you know when that story kind of came out and when when people were kind of questioning the church like the the church's response was always for a rainy day like we want to make sure that we're financially solvent if there's you know, Mm -hmm. troubles or whatever. And I just think, can everyone look around? Like, has there ever been a time in the history of the world when there are more (laughs) more needs for like organizations with a lot of money to step up? Like there's a global pandemic affecting the whole, all four corners of the globe (laughs) where like over 500,000 people in the world have gotten it or have have died. It's gotta be have died, right? I don't know. Anyway, lots of people have died. People are sick. There's an inadequacy in like testing and, you know, whatever, like, wouldn't this be a great time for the church to say, you know what, we're going to take 500 million, which is a tiny fraction of that (laughs) 125 billion, or even we're going to take a billion dollars and we're going to buy testing for all of our members, or we're going to do this, or we're going to invest in this research or what, you know, like there's so much possibility you know, right now, I mean, I wouldn't even, I don't even want to bring up Black Lives Matter because of the church, oh. of course, the church oh. would never invest money in like oh. Black Lives Matter. Oh. No. But, like, there's a real opportunity now for the church to say, hey, we've got all this money. We've been saving it for a rainy day. It's fucking raining. So yeah. we're going to use this money now to do some good in the world instead I mean, of like burying it in a mountain in 
Yes. Even, you know, even their, their wheelhouse that they fall into of just helping the poor, like the, the, the homeless right now have been just totally just decimated because of this and because their yeah. resources are just gone. Yeah. So exactly. well, that's something that's always really bugged me. I mean, Salt Lake has a really bad homeless population. And I know, mm-hmm. I know homelessness isn't necessarily just solved by throwing money at the problem. Like there's a lot of underlying sure. like, societal issues related to homelessness. But you would think in Salt Lake City, where the church is headquartered, you know, that the church, I mean, the church could very easily build housing and fund resources for all of those homeless people to live completely i mean and not even like scratch the surface of how much money they have like that would be that would be no sacrifice for them at all to say you know what we're going to build a giant you know whatever neighborhood and we're going to give all these people homes and we're going to provide mental health for them and we're going to you know whatever i mean i'm not an expert on homelessness but it feels like it's something that the church could very easily put a lot of money to and yet the homeless in salt lake are being helped by other religions who have way less resources and who are trying to support you know, soup kitchens and, you know, medical centers and things like that yeah. off of people's like donations and whatever. So sure. anyway, fuck the Mormons yeah. is, what, yeah. <laughs> is what you're getting at. Is what I'm getting at. So yeah. anyway, so yeah, so we hate the Mormons and, and you and <laughs> Sasha eventually left. Yes. Um, and then when, I know we talked to her about this, but when did the conversation about sort of non-monogamy or opening the marriage come up for you? Was that something you had been thinking about or was that something that... You kind of both stumbled across together. Like, what did that conversation look like? So, and this is this is kind of why we wanted to do. Oh, yeah, we didn't touch about this. Why I wanted to have a separate um, uh, episodes because <clears throat> we'd both been kind of thinking in this realm. We didn't have a language for it yet, but um, it, from very different ends. Like, um, we we both we both knew that when we got out of the out of the church and kind of in that process anyway, that we were doing some serious deconstructing. And, and I, I kind of equate it to, I have a, a backpack that's my identity and I just dumped everything out of it on the floor and was examining every bias, every preconceived notion, every social construct that I grew up with um, and, and every belief I had and said, okay, does this really serve me? If, if all this isn't true, then like, do I even need this in my life? And when you said you had a backpack, yeah. I, for some reason, immediately thought of Dora the Explorer. I mean, you, it's right. Yeah. That you were like, <laughs> backpack, do these biases serve me? Yes. Amazing. That's, yes, that is what it's like. That's so. another Halloween costume. A Dora the Explorer, <laughs> in a backpack, but a backpack that's full of her biases and yes. her like, white supremacy. And Well, she wouldn't have white supremacy because no, she's no. Latino. Right, but right. anyway, Latina. Yes. Latina. Okay. Latinx. Latinx. <laughs> Go ahead. We got it. We got so it. So you were rebuilding yeah. kind of your idea. Yeah. So so we both felt that there was this this void in when it came to sexuality because you know, I'm in the church, fuck, right? Yeah. So <laughs> it, put that on it. Cindy, write that down yeah. for a t-shirt. The I church. Mean, comma, the church dot, comma, dot, dot, fuck. fuck. Yeah. That on the t-shirt. Go. Yeah. So <laughs> um, yeah, so we 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 felt that there was a part of us both individually in certain ways that were very, uh, very sexual in a lot of ways and very loving Mm. uh, that we forgot about ourselves that we, Uh and, and, and and Sasha talked about uh, this song um, messages from her. um, And and it talks about going back to rely upon your youthful self 
um, mm-hmm. and saying, okay, before all the biases were built into me, who was I? Right. Yeah. And, and help me remember that. Um, yeah. And what we found individually is that, that uh, Sasha had this, this great uh, power and, and, and sexual ability that, that was just so fun at, for her that just got squashed out of her by the, by the church. And right. for, for me, um, it was that I, I always felt like I had a really big capacity to love. Um, and I, I remember growing up, I, I always seemed to have more, more friends that were girls uh, and not, and it was mainly because I recognized that, that women in general were able to use all the, 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 crayons in their emotional coloring box um they had the 124 pack right but uh, um and the boys had like the four pack that you get yeah, chilies when exactly they're, like, when you get exactly. the menu and yes, like that's this has exactly. like red and green and white <laughs> yes. and here you go you've read my mind that's literally yeah. what i was about to say uh-huh. oh i'm sorry i didn't mean to steal your no steal no your no joke. no i'm glad because it's it tells me that i'm on the right page here. yeah <laughs> No, but I knew I knew that that box was there, but I was told I couldn't play with those colors. And mm-hmm. and I felt really suppressed in my ability to just really care and love and really be authentic with who I was. In fact, I remember many times in high school, I was a little bit eclectic. Uh, my, my clothing was sometimes I would say, you know, fun, different, whatever. I wasn't in any specific clique. Uh-huh. But because I was in a highly, highly Mormon community, they didn't have a language for that. And so oftentimes people would think I was gay Amazing. and I wasn't. Um, I had friends that were, but but it was they just didn't know, you know, what that was, you know. And, and thank God in the 2000s that, that the term Metro came out like barf, but still. Like... Right. <laughs> yeah, it was it be- sense. It, it yeah. was. Yeah, more identifiable. That was like our, a little that bit. Was like our stepping stone to yes. where we are getting <laughs> it was the to training now wheels, society yeah. where we're just like, oh yeah, like people can just wear whatever the fuck they want. <laughs> oh, and it's not right. a big deal. Yeah. 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 So, um, so that part of me had really been squashed too by the church um, big time, especially the priesthood itself, um, which is another subject for another day. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, I... Uh, I wanted to get back in touch with that. Um, and I was reading uh, a book called Burnout by Emily Nagowski. Um, okay. Who also, who also wrote the... Come As You Are, didn't yep. she? Correct. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And burnout's about, you know, um, stress cycles and completing those and, and helping like cope with the natural abilities to, to handle stress in your life. And she talks about a condition that she's coined the human giver syndrome, which and her audience is always for women, but I found it so relatable. Um, it, it's it's just your classic, what you call it, just your classic servant uh, of the Lord type scenario where everything you do is about giving to others and serving others and and putting yourself last. And I felt that I, well, I was torn because I felt that it was really my nature to just love so like uninhibited. Um mm-hmm. But the church stole that from me and they said, okay, you can do this, but under our supervision, essentially, your yeah. service is, is through the church to others. And, and I said, you know what, I am claiming this back for myself. I don't know mm-hmm. how, but this is my power and my ability and it's, and no one's going to tell me that I can't. And so that's kind of where it started for me. 
I didn't know what that looked like yet, but I just knew I had a lot more to give. Um, can I, can I ask yes. a clarifying question? Yes. Um, when you say the church under the church's yeah. um, definition of, of, of that, do you mean your broad, uh, unlimited capacity to love? The church said you can show your love to people in these ways and to these people. I mean, it w- clarifies yeah. me what you mean by what the church, how the church took control of that. Well, I mean, obviously within the bounds of what they feel is moral is kind of the first realm. So, so right. there, was, there was already limitations on what is supposed to be unconditional, right? Because what's the, the, you know, the, the great commandments, right? Love God and love thy neighbor as thyself. And that's it, like period, the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I thought, how can this be? And, and, and especially with the LGTB community and like this didn't make any sense to me. So, so there was that limitation. Uh, plus, when it came to being a quote-unquote priesthood holder, um, I was now in a culture that that took men and told them that their worth and value is based on their ability to uh, produce results through the priesthood in uh, by serving and providing for others. Uh-huh. And um, and I've, I've seen a lot of pain in my own life and uh, my, in my family's life uh, from that and what that can do, um, especially to someone who's not following all the rules and checking all the boxes. It makes you feel like shit. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause you just can't, you can't feel like you're doing enough. And, Never. Um, and that, that was a real hard one for me. I thought, you know, I, I love giving, I love being a giver. And the problem is when I feel like the giving is, um, is owed or that the source of that power does not come from me. And yeah. that's what the priesthood kind of felt like. It was like, we're giving this to you as a gift to use, but you have to use it the way we, we want you to. And I realized yeah. that that's not the case, that my ability to love and care comes from within. Um, and not, it's not a gift given to me. It's not owed. Um, I'm not in debt to any higher power for it. It was mine from inception. So I think that I- We need to take a break, but I just want to say, I think that's so true. And I think that one of the most insidious lies that the church teaches you and that ingrains deeply in you is that when you fuck up, it's your fault because you weren't worthy enough. You weren't Mm -hmm. trying hard enough. You weren't praying enough. You weren't close enough to God. You need to learn something. This is a trial that you need to learn from. But when you do something really amazing, it's because of God's intercession and God's grace in your life and yeah. the voice of the spirit and the inspiration that guided you to do this thing. And wasn't it lucky that you were there in that moment in that time? Like, no, it wasn't lucky. I was there because I'm a great person and I care yeah. about people and that's why I showed up. Yeah. And so it's like, no matter what happens, like you're always on the, you're always on the bottom end of it because you're, if you screw up, you're a screw up. But if you do something great, it's because God worked through you. Yes, so when does it, right. when do you ever get to say like, oh, I did something great because I'm a great person, or exactly. I really took care of that friend of mine because I'm a loving person that takes care of people. You know? Yes. So anyway, exactly. let's take a quick break. I think okay. that's so so insightful and so yeah, such awesome. a such a damaging lie that the church tells. Yeah. So yeah. So let's take a break and then uh, we'll come back and talk about more stuff. All right. Great. Uh, hello welcome back hello thank you 
I wish the gentle listeners could see the dances that Sister Twain and I do while we're waiting to record because Anchor plays this sort of like music that's like, so we just have a little like, we're like oh. a little sway and a little oh, oh. a little bounce going yeah, on, yeah. and then suddenly it's like, and we start recording. Okay, brother. <laughs> we put our game faces on. Go ahead, brother Priestcraft. So you, yes. you basically you you got us to the point where you realized your capacity to love was so much more than what your belief system wanted you to think yeah etc so yes then how did that realization um how did you share that with Sasha Fierce where where do we go from there sure sure so um so at this point in time is where um, you two both played a very essential part, as as Sasha had referenced earlier. And oh, with was... the visit. Oh. With the, yes. With the, yes. In the random country. Yes. Yes, in the random country. And, and, with another and GL. Introduced to your show. Yes. Um, and I, I was able to know somebody who was a great example through your show of what a, the possibility could be like to to expand in that way. Um, yeah. And I, I now had a, a better frame of reference that I could relate to. And that's, that kind of got us to really start talking about that. Me coming from a place of how can I love more and, 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 and be able to give more and care more for others. And, 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 and uh, Sasha being able to really explore her, her more sensual side and really expand in that way. Um, and there were, after that, there were a few, uh, uh, shroom trips involved that really <laughs> right. deepened that understanding. Amazing, uh, uh, and which is a wonderful story. Uh, it's too long for this one. <laughs> okay, um, but um, yeah, and so I don't know. I, I guess just over time and talking about it, and and kind of the, some of the things that um, that Sasha had been going through, um, we basically gave each other green lights to be able to to have a greater capacity to grow in that way and to express our, our love and ourselves of who we were authentically. Um, uh, and yeah. <laughs> so, this is, let me, let me ask a question and I'm not even sure the right way to phrase this question, but sure. this is sort of what strikes me as really interesting about your and Sasha's story versus the story of Adam and Eve, our first couple, um, yeah. you know, Adam and Eve's, journey and i don't want to like simplify it because it was obviously a very complicated like beautiful thing on its own but sure. their journey was really about a way to experience physical pleasure together in a different way you know inviting yes. in a guest star or another <laughs> you know or, or couple. another couple and yeah, yeah. so yes. so it really was about like experiencing like physical pleasure together and obviously there's an emotional element to that and you know whatever i don't want to like i said yes. i don't want to yeah, simplify yeah. it because i think what they're doing is really amazing and really beautiful and I think with you and Sasha, it feels like for both of you, it seems like this stemmed from a desire for more of a desire to like connect with more people or to share love with more people in more of like, because I think Adam and Eve even said like, they don't consider themselves polyamorous, you know, yeah, they're just, yeah. they're swingers, you know, they're, they're there for the sex and the good time and, and they've made great friends and whatever. Whereas I, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, that you and Sasha more identify as polyamorous, like as yes. more of an ability to love and sort of bring more people under the umbrella of your love. Right? That's absolutely. Wrong? Yeah. No, no, that's absolutely correct. I, I would say a lot of people describe it as, as you know, 
um, as I'm sure you do, Brother Coffee, love cheese. And I do uh, love cheese. <laughs> if you had a favorite cheese that you yeah. that you wanted to eat, would you just stick with that one cheese only, or would you want to experience other types of cheeses? Right, right. It doesn't diminish your love for your your favorite, you know. But, I mean, if I um, did, it would be that red that red fox cheddar. Ooh, yeah. On the, on the Effie's oat cakes that we had the one time, yeah. Sister Twain. That would be the mm. one. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. if, but you know, but I love a good mozzarella. I love a burrata. There, I yes. love. There you go. I love a pecorino. Okay. Why not? Know? Right. Why not? Yeah. So. I mean, well, that's so what, what it is. Yeah. So what? Yeah. What I what I'm super interested to find out is like. I want to hear how the transition went from like, we both have a bigger capacity to love more people. Mm-hmm. And then it turned into like touching other people's naughty bits because, <laughs> because that, because that conversation could have been like, let's go volunteer at the old folks home and read right? stories to the, to the senior, you know, like, like there are a lot of yes. ways to, to show love and care for other people, but I'm super fascinated. Like where the, the flip, the switch flipped with you and Sasha to say, not only is this love like something we want to share, but it also will involve sex and passion and intimacy, sure. you know, in whatever, whatever capacity. Well, yeah. So I, I don't know if we could pinpoint a specific point where it went to that other than that, that Sasha, obviously uh, with her exploration, the, the, the sexual side of it was more upfront at first and, uh-huh. and what she was able to discover was not intended um uh with her mediterranean man who is just so awesome um but but because the green lights were given for that it really opened up to make things equal on my side too for that same capacity so um and and it it kind of came down to and 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 sasha mentioned this that that she's like why should i hold me back from being able to really like in the fullest sense of the word, love and care for other people, if, uh-huh. if that's what they desire. Um, uh-huh. And, and I thought, well, yeah, why not? Like this, this may be the only life we have. Yeah. And every person is so amazing and unique in their own right. Uh-huh. And even, even just to, for a day to, to care and love for another person is so rewarding to be able to glean from them who they are anyway like why limit myself um, or anybody to not really be able to fully experience other people in their lives um, yeah. and, and to its fullest gamut and extent of what that right. means, whether that's, you know, uh, a, a, a hug to um, cooking dinner for someone unexpectedly to massages to lots of orgasms. I mean, right. it's mm. all because I mean, and, and that's another thing too. And sex is something that is so, we don't have a, a good enough language for, I don't think, as a society that's acceptable. Bravo. It, Bravo. Sex can be just because it feels good and it's fun. Sex can be for emotional healing, for intimacy, for, I mean, for all sorts of reasons. Um, it doesn't have to be all weird. And, and, and on that same note, the word love, too. We, we, in society, tries to protect the word love like it's this super big deal and reserved for special occasions only. That's bullshit. Like. Yeah. I love both of you very, very much. And I want you to know that. And it's not hard to say that. Yeah, right. Right. It's, yeah. it's so easy. And I really mean it. Um, right. So, yeah. I mean, so how it turned to naughty bits, though. So, yes, yes, yes. That's what we're really getting at. Tell us, <laughs> yes. tell us about so, the naughty bits. Uh, 
yeah so i as i mentioned earlier, i have a lot of, I've, I've always been it's been easier for me to make friends with women in general just because i find i can get a little deeper with them mm-hmm. it's just easier and safer More crayons. exactly um and once we got the green lights i, I really felt like i now had a new uh, capacity and ability to expand that with people who are, I've already been friends with for a long time. And in, in, in many cases, um, and we have, uh, a, a, quite a few good friends who are in the know and aware of these, this new, uh, lifestyle and this new change. And I've been really, really, um, uh, positive reactions about it, um, uh-huh. in my capacity. And it's really opened up opportunities for me to be, a lot more deep, uh, deeper and more present and more caring with those friends who are female. Um, uh-huh. And there are some of them where, where the um, possibility or, or option uh, for sexual relations is on the table and it's uh-huh. there. Um, it is something that I, that, and this is just my own kind of code of ethics, if you will, but I've, I always want to come from a place of um, abundance and not a place of lack. So I, I, I don't want to put pressure or require anything of anyone else. I want to meet them where they're at with what they need. And I'm available to them fully in whatever capacity that they may desire or, or want. Um, what do you, and, expand yeah. upon that a little bit more. What do you mean by coming from a place of abundance? Like, you yeah. don't, you're looking for people that are kind of, are you saying that you're looking for people that are already kind of sexually healthy and like just are wanting more or, or what do you, what do you mean by that? Uh, I mean, really it's it, uh, where they're coming from. Isn't necessarily what I'm, uh, I'm looking for. It's, it's just that I know that I'm, I'm happy with what I have um, in my life. And I know I have a lot more capacity to, to, to give and to love. And if I have a friend out there and, and many uh, of my friends who are women are single, um, uh-huh and aren't necessarily dating at the time. So if flow happens and presents itself that way some night and that's what they need or want, then it's there. Then great. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. and it's not a big deal. I'm not seeking anything out per se in that way. I mean, obviously reciprocity happens by nature in some of those scenarios, but it's never something that I'm, that I, that I'm asking for um, per se. It's uh, yeah. it's, it, it's like, a really good friend who just has a lot more options to give. <laughs> yeah. No, I love that. Cause I think like, I think especially in the heterosexual world, mm-hmm. yes. it's not like sort of hooking up with your friends. It's not necessarily common yeah. or smiled upon or whatever. Yeah, and I not, think, yeah. I think in the gay community, it's much more common, you know, uh-huh. like yeah. it's not, and it, it, and like you said, it's not even necessarily like a big emotional hookup. Like it might just be like, you know, I have friends that are like, Oh, Hey, I had a shitty day. Like, will you give me a blowjob? And then the other friend like gives them a blowjob, you right, know, and it's right. not, yeah. it's not anything. Exactly. It's not emotional. It's not, it's just like, Oh yeah, like that's easy. I can do that and I'll enjoy right. it and you'll enjoy it. And it helps you relax. And so you can provide, why not? Yeah. And I wanted to ask, uh, in, in in the same vein of that comment of mm-hmm. you saying I want to come from a place of abundance and not lack, you venturing out to find more, um, you know, to connect with more people, to give more love, if that's mm-hmm. sexual, romantic, whatever it is, um, it's not because I am, it's not because you're coming from a thought process of like, 
I'm not getting enough at home. So right. I got to find it somewhere else. Right. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. 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 But I do also recognize that I, no one should be able to say to their significant other, I'm requiring of you to fulfill all my needs. That's, right. that's a burden that right. no one should have. Right. And monogamy there, forces that down your throat. Yeah. Sister Twain has that tattooed across her face. I, that, <laughs> she talked about when she got the Foggy Bayou tattoo and the Magnolia uh-huh. tattoo, but what she didn't mention was acro- just across her whole face, she had tattooed and it says, no one should expect their partner to fulfill all of their needs. Sexual, emotional, social, and technical. I don't know what the and last then one is. On, and then on, my, on the back of my neck, it says, and if you do, fuck you. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I mean, it's a look. It's a look like it takes a little getting used to. Um, sure. You know, it's like, it's a little shocking to see all those words on the I've really face. been able to see who my true friends are. It's true. Yeah. Really. Sounds so, hot yeah. so anyway, do you, we would like you to, if you're comfortable, sharing, uh-huh. um, w- an experience sure um so let's see here so i'll give a couple like little brief examples just to kind of give a, a, a wider gamut um great uh that felt like a really horny question by the way <laughs> <laughs> I well mean, it I can be tuning in. i know i know yes <laughs> I did tell Sister Twain when when she recorded with Adam and Eve, I was like, I'm so glad I wasn't there that night because I would have asked too many horny questions. Yeah, you would have. I would have asked too many inappropriate questions. So she kept it more professional. So anyway, tell us about sure. naughty bits or what metaphorically touching yes. not metaphorical naughty bits. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So, yeah. So so I just got to preface like obviously we're all we're very this is still very new for us. Most of yeah. it started right when coronavirus kind of was just starting to yeah. it's a great time yeah. to start something new and right other people it's exactly right getting a global pandemic affecting all four corners of the world how, yeah how can i expand my human connection during coronavirus right <laughs> during a time when i'm literally not allowed to be within 10 feet of other people <laughs> exactly I yeah i think it's great yeah so so in that in that reference um so uh, these these women that are in my life there are some that are are local um, there are some that are in your neck of the woods. Um, and I, I have, for, for the ones that were, I'm having to do things like remotely for, uh, right. there's been, there's been a hell of a lot of flirting that's happened. I'm able to really fully be like a hype man for a lot of my female friends in a, uh-huh. in a very free way that I've never been able to feel comfortable before as, as someone who was in a monogamous relationship would be. Yeah. Um, you know, like, uh, um, I have, uh, friends who've opened up to me about body image issues and receiving, uh, you know, pictures and things. And, and I've just been like, you are so sexy. You're fucking hot. You're amazing. I love you so much. Just, uh, that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, isn't it funny? Yeah. I don't, sorry to interrupt, but isn't it Go funny ahead. that like, cause I feel this way as a man with my friends who are married particularly, cause I also mm-hmm. have a lot of friends that are women. And a lot of them are married. And I feel like there's always this like guardedness in our friendship. Like there's Mm -hmm. like a line that I can't cross or something. And and not that I want them to like send me nudes or whatever, but it's like, I feel like there always has to be, even though these are people that I really connect with and I feel a certain closeness with, like I, there, I, there's, and maybe it's Mormonism, maybe it's just, you know, Western society, whatever. There's something about me that feels like there needs to be this certain decorum even though I'm a gay man, like I'm not yeah. trying to like sleep with anyone's wife. Like it's not, yeah. I have no interest in that at all, but like, I do feel like I have to have a certain respect and boundary for their 
relationship. And, yes. and maybe that's a good, I don't know. Anyway, I just think it's an interesting, I think it's interesting that when you're sort of freed of those boundaries, that you're able to say those things more freely that are just, that are really truly coming from a place of like being genuine. Absolutely. And, and, and that you, you hit the nail on the head, like uh, Sasha and I've talked about this, like there's, we talk about friendships between men and women that are outside of marriage that are considered um, socially okay there's we there was kind of two that kind of stood out to me there was like the person who's in the friend zone uh-huh. who like wants more but um it comes from a place of lack <laughs> yeah and so they, they can't do that but they still are like really close um as far as intimately goes and and and, and being able to really communicate well oh. sorry it's my neighbor dogs it's all right he's got opinions <laughs> um let me actually go inside real quick here because hold on you're fine so well, while you're while you're yeah. repositioning, this might be a good time to take a little break because oh, okay. we're this segment's running. You know, we're 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 ready. So sure. let's take a little break and then let's hear a little bit more about kind of your connections with yeah. with people and being intimate during coronavirus. Sister Twain. Oh, it worked. Hey, <laughs> we we have struggles. 90% of the time. Yeah. And it's us. It's us. It's not you. I just hope it's... that people, I know they're not, but I hope that people are imagining us in like a studio. There's a big mixing board <laughs> and there's microphones on stands that have like that like breath shield around them. Mm-hmm. And we both have headphones on. And Billy Porter's yes. hanging out with us. Billy Porter's there. He's got on a beautiful gown. <laughs> Anyways, and there's a tech, there's like an audio technician, but it's really just us sitting on Sister Twain's couch, pointing at her cat who's doing funny things and like (laughs) eating pie while we're trying to figure out why Anchor won't connect. So it's really magical. It's really how the magic. It's red. It's uh, Mercury retrograde. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, it is Mercury retrograde. Mm -hmm. But Venus just went direct, so that's good. Yes, so, which yes, it is. Us back into you continuing <laughs> to tell us about um, connecting yes. and intimacy and during... how you got your Venus to go direct. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. So, so um, continue. So I gave you a couple examples of more, more on the the lighter side, and and just to as a caveat, this is not just my ability to love and 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 really give freely is not only available just to to women and i'm not i'm not saying i'm bisexual but i do feel that that uh, that there is a great amount of love that can be given between man to man without it necessarily needing to be a a, a sexual thing send a a message in gentlemen (laughs) or maybe it is a sexual thing i don't know maybe it is i mean you know what Maybe it is. Who so, knows? <laughs> I'm gathering from this, like the peop- these people that you have these connections with, you're not like on a dating app or maybe you are. I don't know. It feels like no. these are more like people that you have, you already have some history or connection with. Yeah. I, 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 I have to really kind of, and it doesn't necessarily have to mean I have to have a long time relationship with them, right. but we do have to like feel like we're on the same page. They, okay. they need to understand what, my lifestyle is about what I have to give and right. offer and be okay with that. And so you're not on mutual the Mormon dating app. <laughs> <laughs> no, but maybe you should be like, maybe just see what happens. That could be funny hey. anyway. Yeah. yeah. It's missionary work, right? Yeah, really? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So with COVID it's been tough. I mean, there's been some, um, 
some sexting type stuff, you uh-huh. know, with with uh, with uh, some. Um, um, there's uh, some definitely some interest in uh, future opportunities when COVID is calmed right. down a bit right. um, for exploring a sexual side um, that uh, looks promising in some ways so uh-huh. um but you know like i say i come from a place of flow so there's no pressure at all right but i mean there's definitely interest in that when when the time's right so right. um which is super exciting so yeah. uh so yeah. i don't know if this is an inappropriate question to ask but have you as of yet had sex like had physical contact sex with someone outside of your marriage no not, not yet, yet. No. okay okay no. do no. you have something um plans like Sasha does um yes and no so I I do um I am planning a trip later in the fall okay um up in your towards your neck of the woods Um, I will be seeing a few friends of mine uh some who are um in the know (laughs) right and and that offer is on the table and Uh um and there's been things discussed about that and that's positive, but, but it's, yeah, green lights are there. Um, right. Uh, so we'll see maybe. And so from your perspective, since this has been greenlit, mm-hmm. uh, the whole thing, not just your stuff. Yeah. How has it um, changed your relationship with Sasha? Oh my gosh. Uh, the enrichment that has happened is like unbelievable. Um, do you mean enrichment? Like what they used to call relief? Society? You are. You yes. Knew, you, you knew I was going to do that. Oh, right? Yes. That's exactly what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of crap that we now know how to do is yeah. insane. Yeah. <laughs> no, I like, like we've really been able to, to take this energy and, and explore it individually. And we always come back and bring it back to each other. And whether that means like just some of the, the sexual energy that, that is, is going out there and, and, and coming back to shared experiences of bonding that we've been able to kind of, and this is a weird thing that is hard, I think for people who are monogamous to understand, you want to be your best friend to your, your significant other. But when you're in a polyamorous relationship you're able to also add other layers to that like we're now besties in the sense where she can like like gush and dish uh, you know out of and talk about uh, her boy stuff with me and i get uh-huh. all getting excited about it like you can't do that in a, in a monogamous relationship nope 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 um and so that's really deepened things too we've been each other's kind of cheerleaders in that sense and um i mean our sex life it it was good before, but we also kind of had a limited scope of what like good is supposed to look like. And man, is it expanded. So, so so, this whole series that doesn't have a cute name has been so (laughs) fascinating to me because like, I, I have not been in a, in a long-term homosexual relationship. And so I don't know what I think about all this. Like, I don't know if I want to be monogamous. I don't, I don't know. And it's hard. It's hard to define that when you're not, when you just don't know, but it's just so interesting to me to hear these kind of, and to listen to these stories objectively, because like you saying that makes so much sense. Like, why wouldn't you want to be able to kind of celebrate those things with your partner that make them excited? And why would you like, why do we have to put limits on 
like <laughs> this type of feeling within your relationship is okay, yes. but this type of feeling within your relationship is not okay. Yeah, you know, like cool. so they're definitely. I mean, I don't know. It's just definitely. It's really interesting for me to think about of like why have we built these parameters about this mm-hmm. thing is just for this person, but this thing is for everybody. You know, yeah. like it just. Yeah. it's weird well, that we that we don't have that freedom. It's because monogamy is uh, really just an old patriarchy power play. Yeah. To yeah, to, I mean to own women. <laughs> I mean that's like no, the really, core of where yeah. it started from, and. And really, it's the new kid on the block. If you think about it, in the history of relationship types, um, this this realm is so much more natural and was much more common um, yeah. long ago. So it's, uh, yeah, I, I, I hope that someday this will not be so taboo and will be considered safe to be more open about at some point. But I think we're on yeah. that road. That's I think some, we are. Somewhere and you guys on are. That definitely hedging the way so i i, I thank you for it's that. just funny to us that we think that we're actually doing any good in the world <laughs> through, this, through this insane podcast so i have a question yes. do you know ex-mormon or otherwise other non-monogamous married couples or committed couples yes and would you did that surprise you at first um no, I, so there is kind of, uh, at least down here, there's a little bit of a community for that. And we haven't gotten involved with it because it, it, it feels a little, because it's such a tit, not, not tit, <laughs> a close knit. There we go. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, community that it, it feels like kind of a, a little dramatic. Community? It's, I mean, it really is a polyamory community, but okay. because it's, it's such a small group, you end up kind of dating all, everybody in a sense. Oh, right, right, right. And right. and that just seems like drama. I just don't want to deal with. So right. yeah, yeah. It's like a it's like a bad version of of uh, the Bachelor or something. Yeah. So we have heard stories <laughs> like that. Yeah. yeah. So, but uh, um, we have made friends, uh, and and this is the, this is the beautiful thing. We really have put a lot of energy and, and intention in this, and we really feel that the universe has brought people into our lives at a rapid speed yeah. who are on our same page um, completely unexpectedly. Um, we've been able to make really good friends with um, uh, some polyamorous uh, people down here um, that we have no, there's no way that we would have known them through it wasn't for just connections with connections. Um, right. And then they come from a completely different lifestyle and, and upbringing, not Mormon at all. And it's just been wonderful to um, hear their story. Um, and it's not anything. And, and I'll, I'll be honest, there's definitely some flirting and things like that that's happened there. And it's been wonderful. Um, but uh, it, most of all, it's just the, finding the validation and the, and the kinship of, of a shared experience. That's been yeah. awesome. I love flirting. I and know, I and love I love it. flirting with you, by the way. I love it. <laughs> I love it so much of its own accord. Right? It's so fun. Yeah, it doesn't need to lead anywhere. I'm not flirting because I I, I necessarily want it to lead anywhere. But mm-hmm. I love just exploring like uh, where my chemistry with it is with all kinds mm-hmm. of people. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Sasha loves flirting too. That's her, like her jam. <laughs> She is the queen tease. It's amazing. It is super fun. So before we get to a wrap up and the five questions, um, yes. and I know that you and Sasha wanted to do the wrap up together, right? Yeah. Yeah. Just so in case you guys had any questions like us together, since we've been so you know separate to yeah. see. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Great. So anything is you there, want to have can, that way. 
Is there anything about your personal story, Peter Peacecraft, that you haven't touched on that you're hoping to to talk about? Um, not me personally. No, I don't think so. Um, yeah, I, I think we. I feel I feel pretty good. <laughs> okay, awesome, great. Should we bring Sasha on and Let's, just kind of do a little wrap up, yeah. and then we'll ask you the five questions at the end? Is that okay? Yeah. Are you ready for the five questions? Oh, I know we didn't like send them yes. to you ahead of time, which we yeah, should no, do. No, I, Again, I, I, I if am. This yes. is a professional operation. We would, yeah, send those ahead of time. Right, right. Yes, I am ready, but she is also right here too. So okay. Oh, oh. awesome! All right. Hi, Sasha. Hi, guys. How Hi. are you? I'm so good. I'm so happy to talk to you. Was there anything in listening to Peter's story that was surprising to you or that you hadn't heard quite in that way before? Or is this all like, this is just who you know him to be? This is who I know him to be. He's, he's just fucking amazing. And like, you know, here's the thing, like, you know, we try to like define parameters and boundaries and definitions and roles and whatnot. But like, this is like a continuing conversation, yeah. like always, like we, we find it, we make it a point to connect each day and, you know, care about each other. And, and don't, don't get me wrong. We have friction. Like we are both yeah. passionate people and that yeah. passion flows in lots of directions, um, <laughs> which mm-hmm. is fiery, but um Yeah, I just like, I just like felt like also in this journey too, that like, you know, we have, we're, as a human nature, we are tribal people and we, um, we have like other soulmates, like, you know, you may have like friends and relationships that you've been friends for like decades or whatever with, or that you super connect with or who just get you. Like I, I take trips to go see my other soulmate friends and we do all the soulmate things like drinking wine and crying and laughing and going out to fancy dinners and dressing up. We do all the soulmate things except for fucking. So why not open the door to fucking? (laughs) Why not? Why not? The door to fucking. So, so that's where we are. There's the, your second T-shirt. Yeah, but I was gonna, I was gonna, literally gonna say the same thing. Why not? Cindy put that on a T-shirt. Why um, not? Open the door to fucking? So a question popped into my head that I, I think I might start asking all of our non-monogamous couples that we talk to. Did you want to talk to me about this first, or do you, you're just gonna rewrite the script? I'm yeah, totally kidding. I'm, I'm, totally, yeah. kidding. I'm I mean, totally kidding. Have you, have you met either of us? Yeah. Um. So do do you? I do. Either of you know? a couple where there is some they're they're a monogamous couple and there's some cheating that has happened or that's going on we know plenty yeah yeah and yeah. when you say cheating do you mean outside of the rules oh wait you said monogamous. yeah i said oh, monogamous monogamous yeah and i think that you can also have cheating and non-monogamy when right, there's something course. that's a secret yeah 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 and right so- yeah. Where do you have conversations with them about how monogamy doesn't work or like, like, where are you with that? Does it make you fucking crazy or do you just observe and let them, let them live their lives? Like, how do you, how? Some, some we have conversations with and others we leave be. Okay. Sometimes it's safe just to swirl on in your own awesome fun life and hopefully let, let them glean from swirl that. Swirl on. Swirl on, my friends. Cindy? Yeah. <laughs> Cindy. You, I don't know One if you guys sticker. have noticed. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but Sister Twain has an agenda behind the non-monogamy <laughs> yeah. series. Sister Twain, like, like, hello, I'm Sister you know Twain. What? For my first question, why is monogamy bullshit? 
and why do we all fucking hate it so much? Like Legit. there's definitely an agenda here. But I'm no, it's so like it. I, I do want to ask that question. I don't want to be the only foot soldier here. <laughs> <laughs> Girl, we're Soldier doing missionary work with you, honey. I love it. I love the it. field is white. Mm. It is ready for this. Yes, it is. Oh Jesus! Um, when you when you listened to Sasha's episode, Peter, was there mm-hmm. anything that you heard that was surprising to you, or new to you, or that was an, you saw in a new light when you were able to kind of just hear her talk about it independently? No, um, I mean, like, like, kind of like uh, Sasha was saying, we this it does take a lot of work you have to be really um willing to get uncomfortable and have a lot of conversations um and and get and get vulnerable um it's i mean i think honestly that if if someone's in the right space to be able to do it that they can but it it does take it takes communication yeah to know yourself yeah so so we've had a lot of combos and so no nothing really surprised me at all so so okay i am the spouse of another couple who is like talking to you about your experience about non-monogamy and you're trying to like sell them on the, (laughs) all the beautiful things about it. And when you're using the commitment pattern, you have the first three discussions. (laughs) Yes. And when you say it does take a lot of work, I go, Oh, well then never mind. Mm. What do you say to that? Well, I would say that, so the first and foremost, if if both parties aren't even uh, both at, at a minimum interested in learning, then there's not really any point um, in, in trying in to trying. Explore. Yeah, they both have to be at least willing to hear you out. So, um, but but yeah. it's the it's the word work. I think that people yes. are so averse to. Yeah, yeah. I, well, here's the thing: pick your hard. You can either go on your life and continue your patterns and re- repeat the same fucking bullshit over and over, or you can say, "Hey, I'm the common denominator here. I'm going to look in the mirror. Uh-huh. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to. This is uncomfortable to look in the mirror, and I'm going to get to know myself, and I'm going to know why I have these patterns, what beliefs mm-hmm. lead me to these patterns, and like pick your heart. They're both fucking hard. Oh my sister, god, sister, sister Twain just. Built a built a bonfire while you were talking. She quickly wove together an effigy of Western civilization and the patriarchy. She threw it into the bonfire. She's now topless, dancing around the bonfire. Yes, queen. Yes. Is like to the beat of what you were saying. Like, she was seriously. like she was like painting on her boobs with like some berries. She it's worth by the way. It's not even berry yeah. season yet, but but that's. What just happened? But like There's literally, epi- the room is full of smoke. But Sasha, her cat like, is so scared. F- fucking preach it. Pick your hard. Because That's right. If you're afraid of work, then you shouldn't be married at all. Yeah, I mean, you're either gonna get fucked by life, or you can fuck life. I mean, you, it's your like choice. It's both hard. Yeah, right. It's way better than being fucked by life. Yeah. So. <laughs> These are both. There's so many good shirts. Pick your heart. That's a great shirt. Pick your heart. Either fuck life or get fucked by it. That's a great shirt. Okay, I'm loving this. What? Anything else that you guys want to give us as as a couple, as our second non-monogamous couple? Um, I don't think so. I think just like just like trust that inner knowing and those little tinglings of your soul that like lead you to like 
you know, like Glennon says, like life's more beautiful than this. And like, listen to that. Like, don't be afraid of it. Like you're going to encounter fears. You're going to encounter insecurities. You are going to encounter feelings that make you uncomfy. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. It it doesn't last forever. It, and you're on to the next and it's beautiful and great. And why the fuck not? We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what, we don't know what's going to happen to no fucking three kingdoms and shit. Like, fuck all that shit. Like, yeah. we don't know. So let's YOLO this shit and no regrets. <laughs> fuck those kingdoms. Cindy, Cindy, YOLO that shit and no yeah. regrets. You guys, Cindy went home. She got really uncomfortable throughout this conversation. After the third toilet. We kept yelling at her. Yeah. She was like, oh, the toilets were clean. I'm just going to go. And she just, she just quietly slipped out. All right. Thank you. We love so y'all. Much. Okay, so we've got our five questions. Let's just do them now. We don't need to take Yeah, let's break. do it. So okay. are you ready, Peter? I believe so, yes. Okay, we'll so question number one. Mm-hmm. If your topic was a cocktail, what is it called and what's in it? Okay, so I had to restrain myself because my Taurus bougie ass really like <laughs> took took to this one. So we love a, we oh, love a bougie Taurus cocktail. Taurus I love a okay. Taurus. I love All a bougie right. cocktail. <laughs> I, I really try to narrow this down. So my drink uh, is called Hearts Take Flight. Oh, my God. And it is a flight of okay. three different drinks. Okay. Um, they are a shooter style. So, okay. Um, and so just, you just get shot. You just shoot it right down your throat. Just goes right I mean, in your you mouth. You can sip it if you want. But, no, but yeah, it's just, it's you just want to splash really, right in your mouth. Oh, okay. my yes. God. Just oh take it. God. Just Jesus. open up and take it. Yeah. 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 Take so, it in. Yeah. Okay. So the first the first drink is called the Blanche, after Blanche uh, Devereaux. Uh, I'm so turned on right now. <laughs> and it is um, one part gin and kind of a, a light floral. If you can find it, like a florally gin, right, it's kind right. of like Chanel yeah. Number no. Five esque. You know? Okay. Yeah, right? Okay. Um, so one, bougie. Yeah. One part sake. Okay. Um, to also kind of light floral note, and then a twist of orange. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Really I've good. never tried sake, so I'm into this. Oh. Yeah. Uh, the, I recommend one called Gekigen. I think that's okay. how it's pronounced. It, yeah, it's real nice. So, um, the next one is called Melt My Popsicle, <laughs> and uh, it is a cherry, uh, uh, a cherry Kirsch. I, I don't know if you're familiar with Kirsch. Yeah. It's like yep. a, yeah, yeah. So. Uh, so like a clear uh, sherry. Um, <laughs> the cherry best flavor. answer we've ever had to this question. <laughs> okay, sorry. A sherry, a sherry kirsch. Yes. Um, and so one part that, one part uh, cranberry juice, and a maraschino cherry. Okay, great. It kind of gets that, that, you know, popsicle. you know those bomb pops that are like, yes. the, like the cherry uh-huh, lime flavor uh-huh, one? It tastes uh-huh. like that. So. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Good. It's good for a UTI, that cranberry juice. It's good for, <laughs> yes. it's good for your urinary tract Triggered. health. We all need that. We all Magical. need that. Yes. And then the last one, because you have to have at least three for a full flight. So. Right. Um, and also polyamory takes at least three. So. Right. Oh, good point. <laughs> yeah. So. Layers. Hearts wow. take flight. Um, is, it's called Love Potion. And this one I didn't make up. This one I found in a book somewhere. So um, it is one part sweetened lime juice, mm. two parts raspberry vodka, oh. two parts cranberry juice cocktail, and one part grenadine. Okay. So, Fuck yeah. yeah. I don't want to make anyone uncomfortable, but I'm rock hard right now. <laughs> rock hard. Brother sorry. Coffee, sorry to all, all my siblings who listen to this podcast. That was my intent. I thought, you know what? 
I think Sasha gave Sister Twain at least four orgasms. Yeah, this is I'm my love language. Full on erection from, from Brother so Coffee. Bougie today. cocktails is my full on like porn language. Oh, yeah, you and your egg white cocktail. We saw that. And oh. I was like, this is so you, Brad. And the, the ricotta. Yeah. <laughs> you guys, it's, yeah, we, we, yes, so many things. Okay. Yes. Well, that was yes. amazing. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I need a cigarette. <laughs> uh, number two, which golden girl are you? So uh, this one was so tough. So I'm going to say I'm, I'm Dorothy in the streets because I just I just love her like no nonsense attitude. Yeah, and, yeah. Like she has she her bullshit meter is like right so on. Finely so finely tuned. Yeah. But, but a rose in the kitchen because she's just like a, a machine. Yeah. When it comes to pumping out good food. So. Yeah. OK. I love it. Yeah. Mm. Uh, number three, if you had chosen a different topic that you are an expert on that you could have podcasted about, what what would that topic be? Give us the short version. Okay. So I had to break this into two because I just couldn't decide. So one would be, and we touched on this a little lightly here, but it would be, um, I titled it Powerless in the Priesthood, a, um, the Mormon Patriarchy and its Indentured Servants. Wow. wow. I'd read that essay. Yeah. Yeah, it's a mood. <laughs> yeah, we may just need to do an episode about that. I think that would be good. So yeah, let's well, it's, fi- let's. It's file my mission in life, honestly. Yeah, so he has some words to say. I do. I do have some words to say on that. So, so that's one, and the other one would be the wonderful world of mushroom growing and mycology. And when you say mushrooms in this sense, do you mean hallucinogenic mushrooms or do you mean like oyster mushrooms? Well, it applies broadly, but okay. uh, yes, yes. You've got to grow so, all of those kinds. Yes. They're all growable. It's like the cheese yes. thing. Yeah. Why, yeah. why love one mushroom? Exactly. Why only have a shiitake when you can also have Buttons. a hen of the fields, you know? Yes. And why buy when you can just grow it yourself? Exactly. Oh. Okay. What is one thing you want to ask us? So, as I mentioned before, it's kind of similar on the same vein as, as Sasha's, but I mentioned I was coming up in the fall, and I would love to hang out with you guys. Let's do it. We're in. Whether that's cooking some good food in the right. kitchen. We'll all wear masks. Place. Six feet. Yes. Leather masks. It's like a kinky thing. Oh, no. Right. I mean, you and know. We'll all I mean, have whips. Exactly. Yes. We're in. Yes. We're, I'm in. You're, yeah. you're in. Oh, yeah. yeah we're okay. in. I would yeah. love to be your poly friend. So We love a poly Aww. friend. <laughs> Not a Polynesian friend like the Mormons say. Although True. we do love the Polynesian people, I do. Yes, but I don't want to be the Mormons that are like, I love my poly brothers and sisters. Uh, right? Uh, that so feels weird and white supremacy. My really. children are poly. Oh, that's true. They are. Yeah. Congratulations. Okay. And number five, what mm-hmm. is one thing you know to be true now? Okay. So I wrote this one down. Let's see. Oh, um, <clears throat> uh, I know now that it is not hard to say I love you and really mean it. It does not have to be a weird thing. You can give love freely. And yeah, I, I know that to my core. And I, and I, again, I'll reiterate this. I love both of you very much. Oh, oh we love gosh. you too. That was really beautiful. Thank you. And I think you're Welcome. totally right. I think we're, I've had, I mean, we've talked about this. I, I've had a year full of death. <laughs> you know, there's yeah. been a lot going on this year. And like yeah. the one thing that I've, and not just from the death itself, but from watching my friend die over time. The one thing that I took away from that was like, I just need to tell the people that I love them, that I love them all the time. You know, yeah. like it doesn't make sense to nod. Like, why, right. why would you, why are you holding that back? And there, why hold it back? There is something yeah. about romantic love that I've always really been annoyed with. And that's the whole, 
when can I say I love you? Yeah. yeah. And should yeah. I say it first? Like, fuck it. Yeah. Fuck it. Just mm-hmm. do it. Yeah. Time's too short. Well, yeah. friends, I'm exhausted. <laughs> Amazing. That was so You're great. exhausted in the best way. Like in the you need best a way. Oh, yeah. In the yeah. best way. Yeah. Like, I'm sweaty. <laughs> anyway. Yes. His, I need a towel. My, my sofa throw pillow is yes. over his groin. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> Well, now you've made it awkward. Oh, anyway. oh, oh, oh. That's two erections. Good job. Oh. Yes. Success. Anyway, so thank you so much to both of you. I think this has been super we fascinating. And I love that it wasn't planned, but I love that your story, I mean, and I guess this is true for any story that we tell, but your story was so different than the story that we heard from the first couple we talked to. You yes. Know? Yeah. And I think that's natural. That and obviously, they're all like, going to be different. Everyone yeah. exploring this different. side of themselves is going to explore it in like a new and different and exciting way. Absolutely. It's so important. We love it. Thank you hey, so much. Thanks, you guys. Thank you. You're the best. Yes. Oh, and I wanted to let you know too that if you um if anyone wanted to reach out to us or had any questions or anything like that, I can send you some contact information. Okay. Um, okay. So if you want to get a hold of either Peter or Sasha, just reach out to us on our Instagram, which is hot drinks, or you can email us at hot drinks for the belly at gmail.com and we will put you in touch with um Sasha and Peter. Yes, we will. Okay. Thanks, right. guys. Love you guys. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Love you. Bye. 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 Bye.